We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. To the Batmoles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Happy New Year, and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Here is some genre-related news before today's discussion. Spider-Man No Way Home has become the first movie of the pandemic era to earn more than $1 billion worldwide. The film crossed that threshold last weekend and currently stands at $1.2 billion after only 14 days in release. And the movie isn't playing in China, which is the world's largest market. The film shows no signs of slowing as expected to easily win the domestic box office this weekend. Some recent anniversaries as December 19th marked 20 years since the theatrical reopening of Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring that launched his adaptation of the J.R.R. Tolkien classic in 2001. And December 26th was 65 years since the opening of Toho Company Limited's Rodan, featuring the giant winged kaiju. This week also saw the debut of The Book of Boba Fett on Disney+. New episodes premiere Wednesdays on the streaming network, giving fans on the East Coast a new reason to be up at 3 a.m. The Matrix Resurrections came in third at last weekend's domestic box office, behind, of course, Spider-Man and Sing 2. The sequel slash reboot has earned over $70 million worldwide and continues to enthrall moviegoers even as it competes for scraps left over from Spider-Man. And we have our spoiler-free review of the movie for you right now. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. The Matrix Resurrections is the fourth film in the highly successful and profitable series launched in 1999 by the Wachowskis. It is a hybrid, part sequel and part reboot. I found the movie entertaining but vapid, likely to thrill fans of the original via the sense of nostalgia it evokes, but offering nothing new or original to the franchise. The Matrix created a sensation when it was released in 1999. It was hailed as a work of genius. The second film, The Matrix Reloaded, while not as well received, performed better at the box office. By 2003, when the trilogy concluded with The Matrix Revolutions, fans were generally disappointed. They felt as if they'd been sold a bill of goods, that the series, which they believed offered thought-provoking insight and a visionary life philosophy, ultimately offered nothing of the sort. Surely the Wachowskis were laughing all the way to the bank at the fraud they'd perpetrated on their gullible audience. The Matrix Resurrections irritates one of my pet peeves in that it is a sequel 
coming decades after the previous picture. But as I indicated earlier, it is also a reboot, returning our Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss as Neo, the One, and Trinity. Almost everyone else is new, or new old as the case may be. For example, there is a character called Morpheus, but he isn't played by Lawrence Fishburne. Instead, it is Yaha Abdul Mateen II. And the character called Smith isn't Hugo Weaving, but Jonathan Groff. However, I'm sure that the original performers received checks as all their likenesses are featured prominently in the film. The Matrix Resurrections finds Neo back in the Matrix, living life as Thomas Anderson, now a successful game developer. Following his and Trinity's deaths in the previous film, the machines have cloned them both and reinserted them as living batteries powering the illusion. The analyst, played by Neil Patrick Harris, manages Neo, keeping him under control and docile in the Matrix. But Neo is subconsciously looking for a way out. He develops a backdoor program that gets the attention of the young rebel captain Bugs, played by Jessica Henwick. Bugs comes after Neo and frees him from the Matrix. Realizing that Trinity lives, Neo convinces the rebels to help him try to release her too. But can they do so without sacrificing the human-machine peace that has persisted for decades? And will Trinity choose to leave the Matrix, or has she become content with the fantasy world provided by the machines? In addition to the stars already mentioned, The Matrix Resurrections features Jada Pinkett Smith, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Christina Ricci, Toby Onwumir, Andrew Lewis Caldwell, and Lambert Wilson. Jonathan Groff, Jessica Henwick, and Yaha Abdul-Mateen II stood out for me. But I thought everyone was well cast and enjoyed seeing the reprised roles for the lead cast members. Lena Wachowski's direction was professional as usual, and screenwriters David Mitchell and Alexander Hemmen have some fun with the screenplay, mostly with in-jokes and callbacks. I just wish there was something original in the movie. Despite the many nostalgic calls, or perhaps because of them, I felt as if I was watching The Matrix all over again. The effects are state-of-the-art, but I can't claim that they justify another pass at this universe. At 2 hours and 28 minutes, this is a lengthy movie. I saw it in the theater, but you'll have greater flexibility watching via HBO Max, since that is an option. You can pause to get something to eat, take a bathroom break, or just do something else. Although, if you're a dedicated fan, you may want to watch an IMAX or 3D, as the effects lend themselves to those platforms. The movie is rated R for action, violence, and profane language. There isn't any nudity or sex. Nevertheless, the rating is earned. Fans of the series will enjoy seeing the characters again. Although I can't even characterize it as a new adventure because you've seen it all before. Get your money's worth if you go and be sure to hang around for the post credit scene. Nothing about this movie truly distinguishes itself. No reason to bother when you can simply watch the first movie over again and enjoy a much more fulfilling and enriching experience. Two stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. And there you have it, the official spoiler-free review of The Matrix Resurrections, which opened in theaters last week. And, of course, <laughs> it's absolutely taken the world by storm. I mean, whether you love it or whether you hate it, The Matrix remains The Matrix. So, uh, joining me on, well, excuse, excuse me, 
I'm deviating from the script. Today we're talking about the phenomenal success of Spider-Man No Way Home, the continuing impact of the Matrix series, and the seemingly insatiable desire of fans to spoil and more. Joining me for this special New Year's Day edition are Brian Lyles, James Rambo, Brandon Troy, and Mike Lunsford. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. <laughs> Come Benoit. <laughs> so. Yeah, so um, we are uh, working beyond a uh, minor technical issue yes. here. And I expect to have everybody else connected momentarily. But mm. in the meantime, uh, I noted that uh, you, were, um, you were laughing just now uh, when you heard the review of mm-hmm. the show and i was i was i was curious about that because uh what what specifically was it <laughs> that, uh, uh when, when it got to the part where you're you're mentioning about the the first three movies and especially the the last two matrix movies before this one um mm-hmm. i you know, and, and he said that it didn't get much uh proper praise from fans and i and i was one of them I, I felt like one because between the Matrix and Matrix Reloaded, you know, there was like a huge year gap. It was mm-hmm. like what, like almost five years or so, and yeah. and to me, it was it was kind of like uh, okay, you know. Again, initially, you know, the the first Matrix movie was very innovative, it was unique. I was like looking at this, was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then you get the Reloaded, and it's like what the hell's going on okay uh, we'll, we'll take it and and i'm still trying to figure out that rave scene um yeah. and yeah i really think the unfortunate thing though if a lot of people don't remember is um Aaliyah was supposed to be in the movie and she yes. got replaced by yes. nona in gay fact, she, yeah it i was getting ready to say but it was only because she was dead yeah and they Kinda had to, to rechange it because i think they were initially cool trying to uh write the write some uh the story more about her because she was mo- pretty much the main focal point in the, these up these the, mm-hmm. those two movies mm-hmm. but since wait a minute wait a minute mm-hmm. you, you mean she wasn't she supposed to have been um the uh will smith's wife jada pinkett no no actually no no she, no, no, no. no she was supposed to be um i forgot what the character they gave her the name but she ends up being with the dude with the dreads and um and it, it, she was supposed to be, I remember the story was like, she was supposed to be a, 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 sort of like the number three, you know, kind cool. of, repla- I wouldn't say replacing Morpheus, but just sort of like, uh, just trying to uh, be, you know, she was a, a really a main or a main character storyline within that mm, and I think mm. they since they had to since he died and Nona Gay comes in and he had to change some things you know really this whole story felt like okay this is just another action movie mm. um, you were quite the fan of Aaliyah weren't you Sadly, yes, yes. Well, weren't we all? Yes. I mean, a- after Romeo must die, I mean, I, I really found that uh, I liked her quite a bit. Hey, mm-hmm. though, but we, we actually, we have our the other, our other panelists who have yeah. joined us. So I'm going to welcome uh, James Rambo and Mike Lunsford and Brandon Troy to the show. Uh, welcome, fellas. Hello. Hey, hey. Thank you so much. Uh, happy <laughs> I, New Year. I, I, happy knew, New Year. I knew it was all going to work out. Yeah, so you guys heard, well, I, I guess anything that we're going to say about this Matrix. And, and actually, ah, what I do want to just throw in about the Matrix, because what fascinated me 
about some of the things that have been said about this Matrix resurrection. And I, and I don't know how many of you guys have, have seen it, but uh, it I has... Have, yeah. Well, but here's the thing. People are, well, I shouldn't say people. I mean, there are specific critics who are saying that the Matrix captures not only the crisis of the U.S. post-truth era, but also uh, it is a allegory for, um, you know, trans culture. And, you know, so I mean, all that stuff is pretty big. I mean, in a, so it's not simply this <laughs> a simple adventure movie i mean i'm reminded of superman the uh, the movie where the lex luthor character uh, delivers the line some people can read war and po- war and peace and come away thinking it's a simple adventure story other people can read the back of a chewing gum wrapper and unlock the secrets of the universe <laughs> and quite frankly this sounds like one of those situations to me um although i certainly can't dismiss the trans allegory thing, particularly given the fact that the Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowski sisters, <laughs> you know, right. well, so. it's, it's, it's much more apparent. And that's the problem with, with this trilogy overall, well, trilogy up at this point mm-hmm. is it's very clear in the first movie. Once you know that it is very obvious. One of the things that agent Smith does to dehumanize people is he dead names them that's right, consistently. Yeah. And like he'll refer to Morpheus, at, like he'll refer to, to to Neo as Neo around everyone else, but when he's talking to Neo, he calls him Mister Anderson. Mister mm-hmm. Anderson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's it's once you know that it's very clear in the first movie. But the problem going from that point on, and I, I can't, I haven't seen the new one, so this might be brought up more fully in the in the new one. But the second and third, that allegory kind of falls away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it becomes much more of a straightforward, like you know, to to piggyback on uh, on your your particular comment, Yuli, uh, much more of a straightforward adventure story, and like that's interesting enough. But when you don't have that subtext to really build off of, you can tell that this that this this feel it ends up feeling more like a like a camel, more like a horse by by a committee, hmm. in that it's a lot of. Um, the second movie is the first movie turned up to 11. So it is, you know, more philosophical and it is mm. more action packed. And then the third one is just a mess. <laughs> and yeah, thank you. you know, the, thank you. Mm. The first one, the first one's a damn near perfect, like sci-fi action film. Mm. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not excited to watch the fourth one, but I'm certainly curious um, and it being so polarizing, I'm, I'm made all the more curious, but again, I'm not, not super looking forward to it. Uh, it's more just like, all right, let's, you know, let's see what else there is. I will say that the shot from the trailer of Neo on the elevator and everyone's on their phones and he looks up and he sees that everyone's on their phones. I was like, come on. <laughs> that is little obvious. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate your comments, Rambo. And uh, I, I frankly, if you if you like the first one, you can see this one. Now, I will say, and I, I think I said the review, uh, since it is available on HBO Max, no need to go to the movie theater <laughs> to see this movie. I mean, Dude, the, all I'm saying though, Yuli, is your no. specific words in that trailer were vapid. And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, eh. 
know, I wasn't a huge fan of the first three, so I'm good. Like, <laughs> to, to Rambo's point, you know, I, I definitely get where you're coming from, Rambo. Like, I remember, and I'm going to age myself a little bit. For some of you, it, it will be relative, and for others of you on this panel, it will make you feel super old. So I apologize about that in advance. But uh, uh, I'm trying to see what. It came out in 1999, so I was just about in middle school, in eighth grade, about to head into high school. And, you know, in thinking of that film, you know, it, just like you were saying, Rambo, it was very uh, groundbreaking, you know, for its time. Because I remember even when they were doing the promotional material for it for the teaser, I was like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Like, even when they were just doing the initial teasers and things like that, and it was very intriguing. And also to your point, I feel like it kind of got away for it from itself in the second and third film because the first film, you know, captured you know the minds of so many people so to speak and it became such this pop culture phenomenon because they ended up getting far more resources i feel like in those sequels than they anticipated they would they just went balls to the wall and just like kind of got away from themselves okay let's throw this idea here okay let's throw this idea when it could have just been enough you know just with the that basic theme of like identity and all those things um that it touches on in the first film now i know that there are a lot of naysayers on the third film uh and i understand you know what those criticisms are i am gonna probably alienate myself and saying (laughs) that there are things of it that i do like but that's also because i'm a little biased because Around that time, I was also super big into anime and Dragon Ball Z, and it's like, mm. oh, it's a live action Dragon Ball Z. Yes, yes, I remember that. Yes, <laughs> that was literally the joke I was gonna make too, Brandon. Like I was gonna say, like, I was like so if you wanted to, cool. if you wanted to see a DVD fight, between yes, me, yes. Like, <laughs> um, so like because of that, and I was like super hardcore into DBZ at the time, and I, I still am to a degree, but like at that time, even more so. So like it really like struck a chord with me with with that element. Um, I still feel like it outside of that it did lose you know some steam towards the end because I feel like it, it got so like I said beyond itself in what it was trying to touch on outside of even identity that idea of you know choice and destiny and all these other you know major you know uh, uh, philosophical concepts mm-hmm. that you know it it kind of uh, like I said it just got beyond itself now to your point Yuli uh, in the current film, when I saw it, I mean, there, there are a lot of things of it that I could take away from it where I enjoyed, where there are a lot of Easter eggs and things that you can can pull from it in terms of, uh, again, going back to that basis of the first film of talking about identity and what they talk about with, uh, I'm trying to remember what they called it, but they called it, I believe, like the digital image of like how you perceive yourself versus how residual self-image yes like that that whole concept i mean i thought that was interesting um and then i was going to say even just that idea of trauma where the even even in trying to reshape who someone is if though if their portions of them in terms of their experiences that are like so deeply entrenched into who they are as a person it doesn't really matter what you do, you know, externally to kind of uh, manipulate that. It still will, you know, brim to the surface in what we saw with Neo and the experiences that he had that in order to kind of make sure that uh, they didn't kind of, what's the word that I'm looking for? They didn't 
completely destroy this new iteration of the Matrix. And I apologize. I know Rambo. You said you haven't seen it. So I mean, hey, I mean, you know, I I came on the show. I mean, we, we, we will offer a disclaimer when we get on to some other topics, but we, we I, I can tell you we haven't really given anything away about this movie. And honestly, if you saw the first one, I mean, it's not it's yeah, it's not a huge leap. I mean, yeah, there's this uh, computer generated fantasy called The Matrix and everybody is living in it and the machines are using us as batteries. And, it, 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 and that's part of my problem with the film is there's nothing. New. Oh, one second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Mike Lunsford, Brandon Troy, James Rambo, and Brian Lyles. And we have been talking about the new release from uh, Warner Brothers, uh, The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, which just opened last week, and so anyway, uh, but uh, car- carry on, please. You were saying, yeah, yeah, yeah no worries. <laughs> um, I guess just to kind of sum it up, with the current film, there are two things that I got out of you know the franchise. You know, you have had that thinking man's film in which you know it talks about things that are uh, that make you think that are uh, philosophical. However, they also have real groundbreaking, obviously, action sequences and effects. And so, I feel like I got more out of the thinking component than I did out of the action component. And and the thing that I guess is not really fair to the film, which is unfortunate, and it's really uh, falls in line with. I mean, and I've talked about it before, you know, elsewhere. Is just that idea of when's the right time to really do a sequel. <laughs> and I feel like the kind of sweet area I feel is within ten years, but a lot of times if you try to exceed that, don't don't get me wrong, there are a couple of exceptions where, you know, it still works, but on other occasions, you know, you're dealing with a whole new, you know, a whole new generation of viewers and you run the risk of it not really being able to to capture you know that same magic because a lot of times it can also be it can be a, a a staple of that particular time and it can just kind of feel outdated and then you have to remember too we have we have had other groundbreaking things in cinema that have happened since then i mean we've had what we've had like inception we've had the mcu we've had all of these things that have happened in cinema um in terms of what we've seen uh, action-wise that have been pretty groundbreaking so I was like okay what do you guys have to show me and it was much of the same so like in that way I was kind of oh man I was, uh, it was kind of <laughs> meh in terms of the action piece um, and then there were other things where because of knowing how film works and how they put together uh, things in terms of like scripting and putting action sequences together and budgeting I was like, oh, you didn't do this because because of this, because of what they did with the whole bot thing. And I won't go into specifics about what the bots are. But I was like, oh, you did that because you guys probably didn't have as big of a budget this time. So you just had to figure out a way to still make an obstacle without doing your standard thing that you did with the agents. So, <laughs> like, you know, just small things like that. Yeah. That's why I think Will Smith was smart not taking his role. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he when I remember I remember the story where he he was pitched the story initially, and 
he just had that well like i'm just as randy as you as you were telling me how this this, this trilogy was and and this especially i'm, I'm kind of like trying to understand the fact of okay like you said it, it's a thinking man story so to speak but mind you it's like as well it was will smith was being told this he had that confusing question mark in his head and wondering it's like uh really and then you give it to Kenato reeves and he's sort of like yeah man i can take this and, and all that stuff so for i, I can understand maybe the two they're two different people and they think differently and I, especially at the time frame when the initial matrix came out um going up to now to bring it back to me makes no sense i mean i haven't seen it like ram you know rambo said and just based off the trailer alone, it kind of makes me wonder. It's like, really, do I want to see this? And especially on HBO Max, you know, do I want to give away twenty, you know, two hours of my time trying to figure this out again? You know, and wonder if there's a rave somewhere in the middle of all this. I mean, I, I don't know because I, I just feel like I, I just don't. I, I, I mind you, maybe it's just me thinking the fact is like I want least. Help, help me understand of, of the story at least within the next 30 minutes and if i already understood the fact that it's like oh he's back in there again and he's got to deal with the you know clones of everything and all that stuff and try to find his way out and not knowing the fact that he's back in there again you just wasted my time and i just think that's why i figured it's like i thought he was out i thought he was dead no he's back why i don't know find out <laughs> I was going to say, they do have an element in there in which they talk about, you know, how this iteration of the Matrix... And, whoa, 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 whoa. And, uh, whoa, 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 Hold up, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> You've been I'm talking an awful this. lot. I want to hear from somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, let me let me jump in on this. There you um, go. Because I'm in the same boat where I haven't actually seen it yet. But at the same time, that says a lot. Because I'm not really jumping to see it. Mm -hmm. But I want to be clear with this, too. Is it's not, for me... I went and saw the I, I saw the first one in the theaters. I thought it was amazing. I was in high school, so Brandon, you didn't alienate me too much on the age thing there. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I was in high school. I went and saw it. I thought it was cool. I went and saw the second one. I thought it was cool. I went and saw the third one. I thought it was cool. But nothing about them jumped out at me and said, this is the most amazing thing. This is life-changing. This is life-altering. Mm -hmm. But you want to know the one thing that I wish they had spent more time at, like looking into and doing a little bit more with the animatrix mm -hmm. that was fascinating mm -hmm. because it ends up showing that like as much as we're like oh well the machines are the bad guy hey yeah we created the bad guy humanity created that and that really doesn't get really delved into too much in the movies um but additionally too hearing from people that i know who are trans who have dealt with this and are seeing this movie as something that is speaking to them is fantastic and maybe that's why it doesn't mean as much to me. Maybe that's mm. why it's not like a um, a landmark film for me. It's not a, a touchstone that I have to go back to. But for these people who it does mean something to, that's great. I'm glad that they're seeing representation. I'm glad that they're seeing something that is really speaking to essentially their people. And I think that's awesome. And that's what's great about sci-fi and stuff like this is that you can have these things and you can have it mean something to an entirely different set of people. Whereas like somebody like me you know your generic looking white dude like it's fine if it's not for me that's great cool because there's a ton out there that is mm -hmm. well and i mike i appreciate your saying that uh w one thing i well, i want to piggyback on it but before I, I i say this 
I just want to address what Brian had said about Will Smith uh, turning down the film. I, I think he's kicking himself. I'll be honest with you. Because, I don't think so. Uh, oh, wait, wait. These movies made a lot of money, Brian. The first he, one he's, he's made over 400. Is he regrets not doing it. He took Wild Wild West, friends. So I, know, I understand that. Him. I understand that. And what's wrong with Wild Wild West? <laughs> I, I, what's I right like with Wild Wild West? Is <laughs> 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 the better question. No, Giant I mean, and, and the second... Spider. Yeah, well, hey, look. I mean, yeah, but both I mean, the, the Matrix. Like, there, there's. He has gone on record as saying he regrets not taking the movie. Thank you. Like, you there's did, no like. There, this isn't that we have to like try and figure it out. They, He's done multiple. There you go. Talked about where he, there you like, go. I really wish I had done. There you go. It's called show business for a reason. <laughs> and and the, 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 fir the first movie made over $450 million worldwide. The second movie made over $741 million worldwide. Yeah. The third one also more than $460 million worldwide. I mean, you, you just that, that amount of money and the fact that we're talking multiple pictures. I mean, it, there would have been Will Smith Neo dolls all over the place. I mean, so I'm not a bit surprised that, that he regrets having turned it down. But I, I want to piggyback on what you said, though, uh, Mike, in terms of the idea that this is an important movie for the trans community. And, and talking about, uh, you know, it, Rambo, you pointed out several of the um, allegories uh, that they uh, referenced. You know, and all of that is important, you know, and the fact that this was an intentional thing on the part of the Wachowskis and how they were apparently struggling to be able to uh, struggling to self-identify is, is kind of my ham-fisted way of putting this and I, I can't I can't imagine what that must be like for somebody you know to feel as if you don't fit in your own body I mean, you know, and, and the fact that there are a lot of people out there who are who are wrestling with this, you know, is is uh, the fact that there's something that calls attention to it and recognizes it. I absolutely think is important. And, and I think it's an important role for uh, fiction, period, but science fiction in particular. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the one of the things that made me kind of raise an eyebrow, um, I, I believe it's Lily directed this one, yeah? Yeah. The yeah, fact no, that Lana uh, wasn't involved. Uh, well, Lana, Lana directed oh, this one, yeah. Mm. Lana, okay, the fact that Lily wasn't involved. I was like, that's... Hmm. Huh. <laughs> that, that is... This that's is interesting. Huh? Actually, I uh, have an idea uh, off of that. I mean, from what I understand and, and how this... Uh, story came about and, and this could play into the reason why um they didn't get she didn't get involved is L lana came up with this idea based on grief i don't know if you are familiar with like with the story of like losing uh, a parent and how like the grief of that led into doing this installment where uh it actually provided um a sense of closure or comfort and revisiting this film because of the grief that they were dealing with with their parents so maybe because yeah. they felt too she felt too um really felt too close to or was too close for her to deal with she decided just to allow lana to run with it versus hmm. teaming up with her to do it again and everybody grieves differently too like you know like 
especially even siblings. Like, it, yeah, I, I can totally understand where one of them is like, I need to do this. One of them says, yes, this is something I have to do. And the other one's like, no, I can't. Or I don't, I, I've, I've done my grief. I'm good. This is all yours kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. Everybody works through stuff differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. Hey, look, uh, that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break. Of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. We're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you for the total operation of the radio station. Make it your business to visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media at ArlingtonMedia.org. Find out how you can get involved with this wonderful community resource, this institution that is community media. Find out today. Also, find out how to make your tax-deductible gift in support of community media. You can find out all of that there. So look, we're going to pause momentarily while we take a break to promote some of the other fine WERA offerings that are coming up later this evening. Also, to acknowledge the invaluable contribution of our sponsors and underwriters. But stick around because we're all going to be back with more Fantastic Forum right after this. Don't go away. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I am joined today by Brandon Troy, James Rambo, Brian Lyles, and Mike Lunsford. And when we took the break, we were talking about the new movie from Warner Brothers that is uh, extremely well received. It's both a sequel and a reboot. It's The Matrix Resurrections. And um, I I, I guess before we kind of move on, I did want to check and find out because we we, uh, we actually kind of dug in uh, with this Matrix thing a little more than I had expected. And uh, just wanted to know, before we do move on, does anybody else have anything else that they want to add? Uh, anything uh, that you want to say about this movie? Um, anything. Uh, or or if you don't, that's fine too, because there's always more that we can talk about. Okay, I'll take your <laughs> silence as uh, we're ready to move on. So, look. Spider-Man, No Way Home. There we go. And, uh, yes, the the phenomenal success of this movie, and I don't want to really talk about the movie. I kind of want to talk around it. And But part of what I want to mention is about spoilers. And it, this movie has been so inc- incredibly well-received. Uh, and very early on, there was all this time, I'm going on Facebook, and people are like, no spoilers, no spoilers, <laughs> don't spoil it. And uh, but then, a couple of weeks in, and all of a sudden now I'm seeing yeah the statute of limitations has run out on this, and I'm gonna start talking about it. And, you know, and I'm like, what what is this burning desire that people have to to talk about this movie on social media? I because quite frankly I don't get it. I mean I enjoyed it, 
Thought it was the best Spider-Man movie that Marvel has done so far. Best representation of the character and all that. But yet, <laughs> I'm not just dying to go on Twitter or on Facebook or something like that and start talking about it. And I'm just wondering, can somebody well, explain this to me? Well, the what thing, the hell is it? Yeah. Let's, yes. let's, let's put it this way. Uh, let's yeah, put, let, me, let me start with this. Um, you are, you, Mike, everybody on this panel here is a professional. Meaning the fact is like you guys, you know, you have professional mediums to say what needs to be said, but in a logical way and a non-spoiler way. And because of the fact that like, you want to try to bring in people to see this movie. And, you know, and that's why I, normally I would take time until I see the movie to listen to your reviews. Because sometimes, you know, I don't I know you're spoiler free, but I just want to feel like if my viewpoint is an, on par with yours. And, and I feel like, you know, it's like there are times they are, sometimes they're not, you know, and I feel like that for me personally, I feel OK with that. With that being said, as to anybody out there who's listening and who or is not a radio person, not a journalist, not a whatever, all you're doing is being that little kid that you were probably like 10 years old that saw this greatest movie you ever saw and you need to tell somebody. And you hold it in as much as you can and you feel like, nope, all right, I'm going to say what I got to say. You're just being a jerk about it. I feel, mind you, I, when I was a kid, I used to... A kid, a kid, I would tell everything about a movie I just saw. And everyone would see us like, why are you telling me the whole movie? You're telling me the whole movie. And it's like, oh, okay. As I got older, I reduced it down to, hey, did you see that? So like, yeah, it was cool. I was like, all right, cool. You should go see it. All right, fine. And just leave it at that. But no, you want to give out this information, that information. And it's it's like, you know, back in the day when people just, you know, had a book, to, a good book to read. And you tell them what the ending was. And people just like, what or it's the fact that, like here's a perfect example if everyone remembers um home improvement where tim the Toolman taylor wanted to see this great football game he wanted to see he recorded and everything gets home someone tells him what, what the score was so things like that it's like you know you, you you there's no respect and that's the other key thing is there's no respect of people of respecting other people of something that they've never seen never read never whatever and, and i feel like in this day and age everyone wants to be the first to tell you what everything is and not realize the fact that not everybody hasn't seen it yet hmm. rambo what do, you, what do you think is uh, brian right i i think he's right but i think it's it's i think it comes from a good place initially um i think that one of i mean i i, I know that one of my favorite things about being a big nerd and, and probably in geek culture and stuff is my desire. The thing I, I think that brands me most clearly as a geek is uh, my desire to want to share things with people that I've enjoyed. And, you know, when, when I hear that somebody hasn't seen or read or, or watched or read or, you know, or whatever, uh, uh, something that I really like, I get very excited to want to be able to give them that. Um, a, a big part of why I keep physical media is because I want to have like a lending library. Um, the problem comes in where that desire to share starts to override your basic care for the consent of others. Mm -hmm. 
Um, because that's really what the problem with spoilers is. It's, it's, it's not even necessarily about, you know, oh, well, you know, knowing this thing about the story doesn't ruin the movie for you. It's you are deciding how someone else is supposed to experience something. Mm-hmm. And it's rude. There, there's no way around that. You're, you're, you have taken away any agency they have in terms of making the decision about how they want to experience it. Um, so, yeah, I think initially it, it, it comes down to the, the, the thing. One of the things that makes us great in terms of like uh, a, a subculture is the, 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 the want to um, share experiences. Um, the problem is that it, it then becomes, well, are you going to uh, uh, let your better your, your worst nature take over? And when someone says, oh, I don't actually want to know that. Are you going to then say, well, you can't tell me what to do? Because that's the biggest part problem is it's people who aren't willing to um, hear no and consider that as, you know, a complete sentence. Uh, they're the people that are like, oh, well, and then blah, 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 blah. Um, or conversely, people who think that, you know, all these things are dumb and want to ruin experiences for them, like just outright cruel mm-hmm. jerks. Um, a, a great example of that is f- for a couple of releases when the Harry Potter books were being were coming out, there were videos popping up of people going to the midnight releases of the books, doing these quasi interviews with people under the guise of like, well, what do you like about Harry Potter? And then revealing pl- like plot point by plot point the plot of the film of the book. Yeah, the famous drive-by Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, that that's a great mm. one. But I'm talking about one where like sit down with someone after release, do an interview and then say, so you would, it would really bother you to know. And then proceeds to say on this page, this happens on this page, this happens on this page, this happens in like the way that like it would, it's, it's so much effort. Like there was someone had to sit down and read that book and like annotate where these things happened in order to ruin it for someone else. Just to be a jerk, yeah. Just to be, like, purely out of malice. Um, I I think the majority of people are, they really are just trying to do something positive in terms of, like, I'm so excited I want to share this. Um, but like with, uh, like, like uh, uh, Brian said, like, it's, it is that sort of, like, childlike wonder of, like, oh, man, this is so great. And you have to allow your you know, the adult part of your brain and your maturity to kick in and go, oh, you don't want to know that. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Mm-hmm. Brandon, you had something that you had been trying to get in there. Yeah, so I'll just bring it full circle because some of you guys touched on it, but I'll go deeper on one of them is I'll start from the beginning and just say, and I'll, I'll address the elephant in the room and say something that's unpopular. The cast spoiled a lot of it already. <laughs> um, like, I remember if you guys recall, like, Jamie Foxx, like, spoiled the ages ago spoiled the the uh one of the elements of the film i'm not going to say exactly what it so, is wait, wait, and then, so, so you and, had been watching cast interviews leading up to this no this was just a regular social media post oh like he just posted it you like, fo- well, I, took okay it no i i i because yeah. I, I didn't even see that yeah but no yeah, but go on because it, mm-hmm. it happened fast but enough people saw it where it it, it started to like <laughs> drive everything into hyperdrive of people speculating so like he he spoiled a portion of it. Then Alfred Molina, you know, spoiled 
a portion of it, which is why a lot of them, you know, in that initial trailer, they're in there because they had already at that point spoiled that they were, you know, a part of it. Um, that's why they try to keep everything else secret. But the, what they knew was, I guess, the worst kept secret they just kept in the film. So I'll say that. However, I will also say, you know, we were talking, uh, we, the the topic was just talk, talked about of uh, you know being a journalist and you know the media news cycle and the way that it is currently and not to say that it's right but it's something that you know occurs frequently is just that idea which was brought up just now that idea of being first or getting that information out there first and saying that you know that entitled aspect of getting that information out there first whether it's you know right or wrong or like you know a dick move or, or apologies for the language but it, even if it's not like a, even if it's a horrible thing to do to kind of take that experience away from someone being able to see it for themselves you know is a horrible thing to do um someone's folks should be able to go in there experience it for themselves and then you know develop their own opinion about the film instead of already having it provided to them um so I guess I'll just bring it full circle that way. And yes, it was spoiled to a degree. So, I mean, components of it were already revealed, which couldn't be helped. However, at the same time, due to how the current news cycle is, for better or for worse, uh, typically you, you get a lot of those uh, folks that feel the need to hop into this idea of speculation and revealing as much as they can because... Mm -hmm. You know, they're trying to, for whatever reason, you know, bring bring attention to, you know, their outlet or or their, you know, whatever their organization is. Yeah. Let, let me let me, yeah, let, let not, me let me just thing, so. yeah, let, let, let me interrupt you here, because I, I just have to say that that I mean, I understand intellectually what you're saying, and I think you're absolutely correct in your assessment. But. Let me take it a step further because that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I mean, for the people, for as as a you know, as as a media person doing this, you're not increasing your audience if you spoil this movie for your listeners yeah. or your viewers. I mean, in fact, they're going to be really pissed off. I mean, I saw even uh, Daily Variety in there, and you know, this is you know like the main tome for the entertainment industry, basically for you know for decades. So, uh, Daily Variety. Uh, but they did at, at the front of the because their review contained spoilers, and at the top of the review it said this review contains spoilers. And I later heard people complaining, "Well, but the Variety review had spoilers." I'm like, "Wait a minute!" But they also warned you mm -hmm. that there were spoilers <laughs> in the review in big bold letters. No way you could have missed this, <laughs> you know, and like stumbled accidentally upon these spoilers. So I, I understand where. Yeah, you know, you, you want to be the first one to tell everybody, you know, oh, yeah, Nicholas Hammond was in this movie, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> assuming he was. I'm not going to give anything away. But it doesn't, again, it doesn't help you, you know, I mean, and, and that's... It them, but I'm just saying that's just what, I mean, and I'll happily disagree with you, I'll, because there are outlets out there that their sole basis of yeah. existing is spoiling information and giving speculatory information about uh, about films and upcoming aspects of films. Like even when we had like the 
the last few Avengers films. Like they're so like they wouldn't exist without that idea of spoiling components mm-hmm. of a movie. But yeah, oh, and wait, there wait. are folks out there, oh, 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 whether oh, oh, you want to admit or not, there are folks out there that are fine with that. Not to say that it's right, but I'm saying there's some yeah, folks they, that are they want to know. They want to get that They want to know. I hear you. Wait, wait. It's still not fair to those that should have the ability to experience for themselves. You're absolutely so. right. Hold on one second. You're listening to Fantastic <laughs> Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by James Rambo, Brian Lyles, Brandon Troy, and Mike Lunsford. We've just been talking about this insatiable desire that (laughs) some fans or some media outlets have to spoil movies specifically that spider-man no way home which uh, a lot of people i mean and this is one where if i'd have known what was in that movie before i went in i'd actually been kind of salty about it (laughs) (laughs) i mean some of the big reveals that they did i absolutely think were better not knowing well let me let me throw this monkey wrench in then um before no way home came out i was seeing you know i i re- adding on to the fact of how some of these quote-unquote media sites um keeps revealing things i mean i knew about certain characters that were coming in besides you know doc ock and and electro and of course green goblin and all that stuff so and the unfortunate thing was Mind you, I, I I already knew when once I saw the movie, I saw it like three days after it initially came out, and 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 once I saw the people who I saw, it was like oh you know I still gave my sort of artificial you know surprise look you know, but I, I already knew they were already in here, and I think that's the sad part about these quote unquote media sites, and I'm quoting them because the fact they're not really to me personally not really authentic you know media sites they're just a bunch of guys or gals who probably went to a press release and just you know you know or over and here and what another thing i can't stand is them over analyzing a freaking trailer um <laughs> to, to, the, to, to death there are entire as brandon said there are yes. entire sites devoted yes to that yeah mm-hmm. so to the Devote point that. yeah to the point where it's just like look okay i'm going i've already made plans to go see this movie just the after the announcement alone i don't need you that's the sad part i don't I, and, and i don't know where else, you know I, I don't know why my my phone and my computers are latching onto these algorithms so i can keep seeing these things whenever mm. i turn mm. turn on my google now that's or, unfortunate yeah and that's the thing it's like i don't need this 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 is you know it's like look i already made plans to see this movie I don't need all these extensive whatever to tell me that I need either a need to see these movies or you guys to spoil it for me. And I think that's the unfortunate thing is my I, I, I don't know how these people get paid for one thing because they're they're ever, almost everywhere. It feels like this is a paying gig, and really I just don't see that. It's it's the shock value. It's the they're the National Enquirer of geekdom, mm-hmm. and like they they are solely existing off of the shock value click. Uh, this is what's going to happen in this movie. This person's going to be in it. And like, yeah, they spoil stuff all the time. The the thing that bothers me the most about this, and I'm going to use uh, my esteemed panelist, uh, Mr. Rambo, as an example. I remember before the night before Spider-Man came out, he was explaining what he was doing on social media to make sure that he didn't get the movie spoiled. And he has to go through 8,000 steps 
of I have to turn this filter on on Twitter. I have to turn <laughs> this thing on on Facebook. And like the amount of effort just to not be like ruined of what's going to happen in a movie that you're looking to see is is Ooh. insane because it's it's no one person in any of the things that you guys have all mentioned, every single person is exactly right as to what the problem is. It's all of those combined into like a massive net, like it, it's basically like if we'll use a Transformer reference, you know, it's Devastator. It's basically <laughs> all of the constructive cons into this big mm. giant thing that ruins everything for us. And what makes it worse too, without getting too preachy here, is it's it's capitalism ultimately. Mm -hmm. Because if these guys weren't making money off of spoiling crap, they wouldn't do it. And like that's the thing is like we feed this monster, unfortunately, and like even if we don't want to, it happens. And like it's it's more than that. Just on a psychological level, it's power too. Because Ooh. let's just say you get into a nerd argument with somebody, right? And somebody really, 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 really pushes your buttons, and you know for a fact that they haven't seen Return of the Jedi yet. And you're like, yeah, well, uh, Vader picks up the Emperor and throws him down an exhaust port and kills him and saves Luke's life. Mm -hmm. You people will weaponize information because mm -hmm. it's power, and like I that's what happens. I definitely did that to somebody in college. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I don't remember what it was, but like I was talking to my buddy Danny about something, and he like mouthed off about something and i had just had it was it was it was before the dark knight came out and i just so happened to have the image of two-face like they had just released the image of two-face and he was like i don't want to see it i don't want to see it i'm not watching any trailers and i was like really and i just clicked on the, <laughs> on the <laughs> oh, i have the and power like, <laughs> damn it <laughs> Dude, the one that the one that got me was i went to go see i am legend in the theater and um, I was in the middle of a text, uh, in the in the middle of a text message argument with my uh, with my at the time girlfriend, who had gone and seen it, and she goes, "Oh yeah, the dog dies," and I'm like, "Ah!" Oh! <laughs> like this hadn't even started. I was like, "Why would you do that?" Like, just diabolical. The, <laughs> the particularly thing about that. So yeah, the, what Mike's talking about is I sent him and uh, our friend MC uh, a list of like thirty different terms that I was muting on Twitter and I still got like a major reveal spoiled by some, some rando news outlet that shared a photo and referenced like the names of some actors. And I was like, seriously, like I didn't even seek this out. This wasn't even like some person who posted about it. This was a news outlet that did this. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I, I've, I've, okay. heard, I've heard of that happening and uh, I, I have my own, spoiled movie story uh, behind actually it's funny return of the jedi and the comic book adaptation had come out and uh, i went up to the comic book store and I, it was my own, i i blame myself because i knew the damn comic book was out was planning on buying the comic book wasn't gonna read it immediately but i knew it was out Got to the comic book store, in the comic book store, had a copy of the thing in my hand, overheard a guy up at the uh, register say, I can't believe Darth Vader turns good and dies. <laughs> and it was like, well, <laughs> I knew well, the job yeah, was dangerous when Again, I took like, it. Going back to what you're saying, it's just that idea of, like, you shouldn't have to go through all of this to be able to enjoy the experience of a movie without being spoiled. Like, folks who just have respect enough to allow people to be able to experience a movie on their own without feeling entitled about sharing information that 
could ruin it for them. There you go. And, uh, you know, that's a wonderful last word because, of course, that musical cue means that we're out of time for this episode. I'd like to thank my guests and you, too, for having tuned in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. Check your local listings for the airtimes in your areas, or you can simply go to the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got full episodes of the television show and the radio show there. We've got segments broken out. If you want to check out the interviews or the toy and game profiles or the special features or anything like that, it's all available there for you. The radio show is also available as a podcast. Thanks to Mike Lunsford and our friends at the Great Geek Refuge. You can find that on all those platforms where you find your favorite podcasts. And the show also re-airs right here on WERA each and every Thursday afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. If you miss any portion of the show on Saturday, you can check it out the following Thursday. So, uh, again, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to us. We appreciate your engagement. We avoided spoiling anything in this episode. And for that, I'm very proud. Look, have a very happy new year. We'll be back with another new episode next week. And uh, maybe we'll talk about what we're looking forward to here in the coming new year. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe, people. 